0: That's how you hit the drums, people. Come on. Amen. Amen. Man, that's so, so good. It is truly great to see you this morning. Come on. Thank you, Annie, for leading. Thank you for the worship team. Could we say thank you to the worship team, please? It's so good. Amen. Man. man, we are grateful to have you here this morning. Whether you are a first-time visitor, man, or you're just checking us out. Like, we just want to worship God and praise him and give him a proper, a proper praise and thanksgiving, celebrating him and give him a loud, mighty shout. Man, we're excited for that. We believe the word of God is true, the absolute truth. And man, we're just thankful. Truly thankful that you have found yourself here this morning. I believe God has a plan for you being here today, and I'm excited that you're with us this morning. If this is your first time, or if you've been with Renee and I since the living room, there is a a, a large handful of people that have been with us from the start of this church, from the from the living room and to where we're at today. And I'm so grateful for those who've been so faithful and those who've been so loyal to this church and, the, and God's plan for this church. You have bought into the vision of Believer's and what God has for building his kingdom in this region, and I'm grateful for all who've been here and been a part of this church for a long time, been a part of our, my staff and leadership team of, for a long time. Like, it's great when you just are in a, we're just in a, in a, a great move right now as a church, man. God is doing some great works in and through the people of this church, church as a whole, and we're excited about it. Quick announcement, some great news. Uh, WDCX, um, maybe you've heard me mention WDCX, they're a Christian radio broadcast uh, channel out of Buffalo, New York, and this is a huge channel. They go all the way up into Toronto, huge uh, Canadian audience, huge from Buffalo and beyond. It's just fantastic. Uh, Believers Chapel is now partnering with WDCX that's starting uh, next Sunday, first Sunday in May, going through May. And for the next two years, we have contracted for two years. We are going to, listen, this is your moment, like church, this is your moment. It is the 11 o'clock service from 11 to 1230. We are live on WDCX going through just the radio, just through the radio airs. We've been asking God, God, open doors and give us a broader territory. We have been in communication with WDCX for years. I've known Zach Boron and Neil Boron for years. Uh, Zach and I worked at a Christian camp years ago, built a great relationship. And I, I love, where you have no idea, watch this, please hear me, side note, you have no idea where a relationship might go. Like you have no idea that just from a Christian camp meeting this young guy, Zach Boron, that we would be and continue in such a relationship that God built such a relationship that even today, starting next week, because of that contact years ago, Believers Chapel is going to be on the radio from 11 to 1230 going so far and so wide that the gospel's going out. We're excited about WDCX. They stand firm on the truth of God's word. They're pumped to partner with BC. It's about $12,000 a year. Uh, I'm excited that we are just going to continue to fundraise and God's going to do a great work financially even through that, but we have been waiting. We've been patient on this. Because we have been in conversation for over a year, true story, over a year with WDCX that they've wanted us on the radio. They know who we are. They know our worship. They know our heart. They know that we are for and towards the word of God, standing firm on his word at all costs. And they're like, we want to partner with that. And uh, we've, we've just revisited it and we felt like it was the right time be able to do that. So 11 o'clock, like when it comes to radio, like I need, I need you guys to up a little bit when it comes to like, like letting Canada know God exists, baby. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go. Amen to that. Now we're practicing, baby. We're practicing. Um, nobody knew it, but they were here last week and we did a complete dry run. We were on the air last week uh, with great results. So um, we're excited to partner with that. There's obviously there's a cost to it. We're going to fundraise for that. We believe that finances will come in. God will provide and we're excited for the two-year contract. And then God, who knows, if the Lord would tarry, maybe we'll continue that. We hope to. It's a great, great channel. I'm actually going to be on the air tomorrow from 2 to, I think, like from 2 to 3.30. We're going to be on the air covering some different things, uh, promoting this, and it's going to be great to be with those guys. We have a, a blast. There's Bill's fans. I'm a Steelers fan. They lose. I win. It's just a simple it's just a simple thing. We've had a heck of an offseason. Uh, we're going to listen. Maybe not Buffalo so much because they're about the – Josh Allen stuff, but maybe I can get Canada into the Steelers uniform when we hit Canada. They're going to realize, man, what it is to really win because our off season and our, our, the whole NFL draft, I think we were number one and it's just amazing, but uh, I love it, I love it. Leonard, you know, what is it like to be so close to something and then fail? Ask a Bills fan. Just ask a Bills fan. They'll tell you what that feels like. You know, you guys are all excited about playoffs. We get excited about championships. I'm just saying, you know, um, welcome to Believer Chapel. If you're new to this place, <laughs> we'll puncture here. Um, another announcement, last announcement is this, and then we'll preach. If you are a Houghton student, and we have several Houghton students here, um, there's been stuff that's been going on at Houghton. I'm excited uh, to stand with Houghton for some things. I'm pumped about it, but this is the deal. If you're a Houghton student, man, I want, or an alumni, or you've graduated from Houghton, like I want to meet you in my office right after service. I did this at the nine o'clock, it was amazing. And I just, want there's some things in my heart that I've been praying through, I want to meet you. Usually Houghton hangs out over here. But if you're a Houghton student or if you're an alumni from Houghton um, and you're in this service, like there's some things in my heart that, that I believe God has put in my heart for you. I want to pray over you, and uh, it's, it's going to be a great time. Right after service, up in my office, my man Matt will be out there. He'll direct you upstairs. It'll be about 10 minutes, and uh, just to encourage and build and speak some truth. And uh, I'm excited Um for an opportunity to speak to you. Again, about 10 minutes, right after service, meet up in my office if you're a Houghton student or alumni, and I'll just share what's been in my heart. Come on, if you could turn to James chapter five, please. But even in our time of worship this morning, man, I I just wanna share this. This is what verse came to my heart during worship this morning, Psalm 31. And it says this. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord, I say that you are my God. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord, for I say that you are my God. Verse 24 says this: Be strong and let your heart take courage for those who wait in the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage for those who hope in the Lord or wait in the Lord. What is it to be strong and let your heart take courage? What what is it to be able to say the very truth of this? But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say that you are my God. Man, I love, I love that this just narrows it right down to me. I, I, I can't trust for this person. I can't trust for that person. I can't waver my trust because of this circumstance or because of this political nonsense or because of this or because of that. I love where this just brings it down to me. And I love this. But as for me, but as for me, I trust in you. In every circumstance. But as for me. Yeah, but what about. No, but as for me. Yeah, but what, but what about. No, but as for me. I love where the psalmist gets to in this psalm where he just makes it so simple. In all of the crazy. In all of the complexities. And even in brokenness and in tragedy and hurt and in pain. He, he completely nails in a place to say the umbrella of everything is. But as for me. I trust in you, oh God. I say that you are my Lord. I say that you are my God. That, that, that's what I say. I can put my trust in you. And this, this is the message this morning. We're going to get in James 5. We're going we're gonna to do this for two more weeks. we got two more weeks in James. Um, we're going to talk about prayer and what it looks like to really pray. And, and the reality is this. When someone asks you, how's your prayer life? That's a deep spiritual question. How's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? Do you pray? Are you spending time in his presence? Are you crying out to God? Or is it, you know what, God, bless my Cheerios, give you the spiritual high five for my three seconds, and God, I'm good. My day must be blessed. Like, that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about those who love Jesus, those who are in this beautiful relationship with God Almighty that want to spend time with God, that want to give God the day and the hour, that want to give God this month, and whatever that looks like, even what we do at Seek. But what is your daily time with the Lord? Do you have a a deep prayer life, or is it truly just surface? Because this is where we're at, and I love where James is and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He begins to write about the power of prayer. He begins to write about deep prayer. And, man, we're going to get into this for two weeks, and and, and I want want this to encourage you. I want this to build you. I want you to see where, where in James it says we're supposed to pray when we're sick and we're supposed to pray when we're suffering. We're supposed to pray when we are sick, when we need healing, and we are supposed to pray when we need our, even our spirit healed, like there's the, the sickness of suffering and then to the, the spirit of suffering, and he says we're, we're going to bring them to the Lord, and this is where James is in, in James chapter 5. He's closing out this letter, as we talked about for quite some time now in James. James, the half-brother of Jesus, you don't hear anything about that. James was like, no, I've, I've been converted. Man, I have this conversion story, this conversion journey that, yes, I thought he was a lunatic. Yes, I thought my brother was crazy. Yes, he did the miracles. Yes, he walked on water. Yes, all of that. I've heard it. I've seen it. We as a family thought he was nuts. But then there was a moment at the resurrection that are like, no, you are who you said you were. You are the risen Savior. You are the Messiah. And, and James had this conversion moment. Of what it was to know Jesus, not his brother, but to know Jesus as His Lord. There's a difference. And you don't hear James talk about him as a half-brother, you hear Jesus. You hear James write in, in such great deep authority that Jesus is his, his Lord and His Savior. Am I to ask you even the beginning of this is, have you had that conversion moment? Like, I'm I'm not talking about your church attendance. I'm not talking about your giving card. We don't have giving cards, but I don't know if you remember, but your giving card, right? I'm not asking about your good works. I'm not asking about your religious class. I'm asking, have you had that conversion moment that you truly have given your life to Christ? There is this surrender now to Jesus, not based off of good works, not based off of opening the door for somebody, not based off of you think that you're a good person, not based off your church attendance or the class that you went to, not even based off of you being baptized, not even based off of that. Have you had that true conversion? moment that you know that I am a sinner and I am saved by grace because of the goodness of God, because God loved me so much that he would send his only son, put him on a cross for me. And in that I am born again and I am saved. Have you had that conversion born again moment that you are truly saved? James is there. And James is like the overseer or the pastor to the church at Jerusalem. And he's the one that 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 now that because of such a sense of persecution, this church has gone gone wide now, and there's many different places. And James writes this to all those who've gone abroad. This is a powerhouse letter. And we're in this for just two more weeks. And 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 I want you to keep in mind what it really what it really means to say, but as for me, I trust in you. But as for me, I trust in you. When when the reality of me and my faith, where my faith is that which is over everything, my good days, my bad days, when things didn't go the way I thought that things should go, when I'm under persecution, when tragedy strikes, when things don't go right, can I really say, but as for me, I trust you, O God. For I say that you are my Lord. Can we say that? is trust that umbrella piece in the hard times. God, I trust you. No, my faith is intact. My faith is strong through the hard times. My faith is strong when it didn't go my way. My faith is strong. And this is where James is on this. And I want you to see this. Come on. I love this. And it says this. In verse 12, we're just going to touch on this just for a moment. It says this, because this is kind of the bridge from where we were last week to where we're going this week. And it says this, but above all, my brethren, I love how he dresses them as family. Remember, he's writing this to the family, right? But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by the earth or any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no-no so that you may not fall under judgment. And I love this, man. Just in simple form, James is like, and James has talked a lot about the mouth. We see where he he, he talks a lot about the mouth throughout all of his, all, all five chapters. He mentions something about the words that we speak. So it has to be kind of a big deal to James, right? So when we understand that and we see this, even in this, he's like, hey, above all like this, um, own your oath. If you say something, fulfill it. Like Like the words that you speak, they matter. When you shake a hand and you've given an agreement to something, follow through with that. And I love this because it causes you to stop and think, right? It causes you to stop and think in the words that we speak, like the words that we speak matter. The words that we speak, they have impact. If I've agreed to something or made an oath to something, James is like, be a man or be a woman of honor. Be honest. Like if you said something, mean it. I just I wrote down in my Bible, in, in the in the side notes of my Bible, it says, hey, Sean, say what you mean and mean what you say. I should follow my own advice, right? Say what you mean and mean what you say. Like that, that curbs the flattery, that curbs the fluffinutter, right? That curbs you just speaking just to speak so that you get all the attention. Like it curbs all that to say what you mean and mean what you say. It's not a license to be mean. <laughs> Like doesn't mean like, well, okay, I can be mean then because that's, that's what I think. I think you're a tool. So I'm going to tell you a tool because Sean says that I'm supposed to say what I, what I mean and me what I say. Uh, well, don't be a jerk either. So it's, it's that as well. There's also this amazing word that says shut up. <laughs> Zip it, right? But James is like, hey, guys, this is important. You should be known by your integrity and your integrity is proven by the words that you speak. You should be known as an honest individual. You should be known as you're not just speaking just to speak. You're not just talking just to talk. Those who talk just to talk usually find themselves in trouble. Usually find themselves that just seek the attention. they usually fill with flattery and fluff. And James is like, no, listen, own your oath. Be honest. Be a person of integrity. Fulfill what you've said you're going to fulfill. If you said you're going to do it, go do it. If someone's entrusted you with something and you said that you were going to fulfill it, go fulfill it. Go do it. Be a man or a woman of your word. This, this is what James is saying. James says, hey, above all, like this is so important. Own your oath. When you say something, mean it. Don't just say it to say it. I think this is probably one of the times most abused is when you say, oh, I'll pray for you. Well, have you? Did you just say that in the text? Did you actually say that in person? You actually didn't pray for that person? See, there are times, not every time, but there are times you're like, listen, it's Walmart. I know, we're in Stuff Mart. We're in i five, but let's pray right now. Let's get her done. If you're asking me to pray, I don't mind praying right now. I'm not worried about what Stuff Mart thinks. Man, let's just pray. And a lot of times we're like, are you serious? Yes, and they love it. It's not, oh, I'll pray for you, and then we just get in our cars, and we drive away, and we don't even think about it. Like, own your oath. It's just simple stuff, right? It's just simple stuff. And we, we come to a place where James is like, listen, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Don't, don't, don't swear by an oath that you cannot complete. Be honest. Be a person of integrity. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Don't add your flattery and your fluff. Don't add it for your own attention. Own your oath. That's what James is saying here in verse 12. And then he gets into this. And it's amazing because he's saying, own your oath. And then he goes right into what it is to really pray. If you're sick or you're suffering, we're called to go before the Lord. If you're sick, if you're suffering, we're called to go before the Lord. And I love it where James is like, listen, you can be this true physical healing. He talks about a physical healing. And then he talks about a spiritual healing. This is what the close of James 5 is. There is this physical healing. There's also a spiritual healing. And so when you break this down, you see you see this, this prayer over those who are physically sick that they could be healed. And then there is this process of being healed, even suffering spiritually, that you can be healed through confession of sin. So th- this is how James breaks it down. Let's read it, and let's unpack this together. Come on, please. Look with me right here in verse, uh, in verse 12. It says this. I'm, I'm sorry, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? Then he is to sing praises. So so many times, we don't have time to dive in today. Like I said, we're going to be in this for two weeks. But you will see through Scripture that many times prayer and praise are in the same sentence. Like prayer and praise. Praise means thanksgiving. Prayer, to seek the Lord and to be thankful. You'll find it in Colossians 4. You'll find it in Philippians 4. You'll find it through the book of Psalms where there's this time of prayer and there is this time of thanksgiving, and they're at the same time, and the same sentence, they're in the same verse. And, and we see this where he says this even in verse 13 if any among you is suffering, he must pray. If he is cheerful, he is to sing praises. If anyone among you is sick, then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed for the effective prayer of the righteous man can accomplish much. So just, just to kind of slow down for a minute, like that, just that right there, those verses, it covers a physical healing and it covers a spiritual healing. Like if you're suffering physically, we can pray and believe that God will heal. And if you're suffering spiritually, we can pray through confession of sin and believe that God is going to heal your spirit and heal your soul. And I love what he says. Again, this is a two week deal. He says, The effective prayer of the righteous man can accomplish much. And amazing that they go right to Elijah here. It's amazing that James goes right to Elijah. The effective prayer of a righteous man, equating to, okay, which one is a righteous man? From, from an old, even an Old Testament. He's equating to Elijah being that righteous man. And when he prays, there was great power. Effective means power. It means work to accomplish much. And he goes to Elijah. James, inspired by the Holy Spirit, goes to Elijah, which is a man with a nature like ours. I love how James puts that in there. You can read past that and kind of like, oh, the nature like ours. That means there's no super saints. We got to understand that. When he says Elijah, he's got a nature just like ours. He was a sinner just like us. He had to work in his faith, he had to be able to trust God, he had to be in a circumstance of crazy, he had evil Jezebel breathing down his neck, he was afraid, he thought that he was the only one, he thought that he was all alone. Like There's so much that you see in the manness of Elijah that he had a nature just like ours. Elijah's not Superman, right? Elijah's not super saint. Elijah's just Elijah, a man who trusted and feared God. He was a man who understood what it means was to be afraid. Elijah thought he was gonna take his own life. Elijah was so He's like, "What is going on? Why?" Because he's a nature just like ours. And then God had to show up and Elijah say, "Hey, what are you doing? You're not alone. Why are you afraid? You just came off a fire down from heaven, sucked up all the water and the meat. Like, what? Why are you over here cowering under a tree? Get up and go." Church, there's times that when you realize there is a struggle, and you realize that there is just a, a hard season, you realize, God, what happens? What happens when I didn't get what I asked for? What happens when life didn't go the way I thought it should go? What happens when tragedy strikes? But as for me, I will trust you, O oh Lord, for I say that you are my God. What happens, church, to to the one who has a nature like Elijah that he's not Superman of faith he's not and there's no Batman Batman's a rich dude with toys that's what Batman is like Superman's a true superhero just so you all are starting any confusion right I don't want any confusion this morning like Superman's a real hero Batman's a rich dude with toys and he lives in a cave so I don't know what to tell you right so like when you look at Elijah he's like the Superman of faith right in, in a sense of meaning like there are no superheroes of faith because he has a nature just like ours. He's just a dude who went through a lot of struggle, but yet put his faith in God, Who is a righteous man said, I'm going to do right because God says it's right. I'm going to do right before a God who says this is right. And in that, there is an effective prayer life. And Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain. And it didn't rain for three and a half years until he prayed again for the rain to fall. Like, that, that's where Elijah's faith was. That's where Elijah's trust in God, where he's like, listen, it's not going to rain. I'm gonna pray that it not rain. I mean, listen, if you, are, if you are a super saint, and if you could actually pray, God, if it couldn't rain during the daytime, like, I would love and appreciate in our area to see some sunshine, right? If you're like, I'm an Elijah level, like, this is great. Like, if you wanna pray with me and agree, God, if it could only rain at night when we sleep, amazing. Let it be sunny all day, and if it has to rain, let it rain at night. Who will agree with me that that's a good prayer? Right? Let's pray that in our area that it just seems to be cloudy a lot. Right? You all got duped in April because it turned 80 and sunny for one week. Y'all thought summer showed up. And who knows that it still snows in May. Who who's knows it snows in May, right? Y'all got duped, thought, oh, man, spring has sprung. Spring ain't sprung. It says spring on the calendar, but it might snow this week. Oh, by the way, so if we're going to be effective and pray like Elijah, let's say God, it can do that at night, but 60 in sun for May during every day would be amazing. Let's just believe for that, right? That would be incredible. But anyways, when you look at this, you see what it is for just a dude, a man who's got a nature like ours. He's not Superman, but he was a righteous man. And his prayers were effective. They carried great power. They carried great weight to it. So let's go back and let's just kind of unpack this. That's just kind of the intro. And I just want to take some time and look at this, even in regards to praying for those who are sick. Listen, I've been in church my whole life, man. I'm a cradle Christian. Right, Born into a home that has an incredible deep heritage of grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-great-grandparents who just love and follow truth. So I'm a cradle Christian. I've been in many different churches, like from the, the, the strict Baptist legalistic to the crazy charismatic side. God has allowed me to be under both and be a true, I feel it's a true balance. So when, when, you, when you start looking at what it means to be healed, Physically, I believe. I, I believe this. I believe that there are some extremes. I believe that there is the extreme, and and you should never park in the extremes. Church believers' chapel will never park on an extreme. I believe that there is a both extremes. I believe aren't are, aren't aren't good. There's an extreme that says every time you're sick, if you pray with a prayer of faith, you will immediately be healed, and you should be healed every time. Like if you're sick or you have a disease and every time you pray, that should be immediately lifted. And that is a miracle of God. And if you're not healed, then you lack faith. That's an extreme that we will not carry in this church. We'll, we'll hit that in a minute. And then there's the other extreme that just ignores healing altogether. Nope, not for today. We're not going to pray over the sick even though we're told to, even though we see it through scripture. Nope, we're not going to do that today. We're not going to believe for healing today. And there's that extreme as well. There's the ones who just carry it too far that if you're not truly healed, you didn't have faith because everyone who gets prayed for should be healed immediately. There should be miracle after miracle after miracle. That's an extreme. And then the other extreme is that it's just ignored. And we don't fall in that camp either. So When you see James speak to those who are sick, call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And this is what we believe, man. We do believe that God can heal. I'm doing this beautiful study through the New Testament and through the Gospels. I'm going through chapter, chapter, Monday through Friday. I take one, cha- one, one, one chapter at a time, and I'm in Luke right now, and I'm going through it and trying to do a deep dive, and you just see, you just see these large crowds. You see that Jesus was famous, that the large crowd heard of what it meant to come along Jesus' side, what it was that Jesus can heal. Like, church, could you imagine, true story, like, could you imagine what it is to be in a day where there wasn't great doctor care, that people were dying at a young age because of sickness and disease? You had children they caught a sickness they caught a disease that couldn't be cured and then all of a sudden there's this guy named Jesus and he's a healer you would do everything in your power to get your child to get you there to get your loved one to get your friend there whatever it took to get before Jesus because we know that he can heal and we see it through scripture, Jesus healed all sickness, Jesus healed all disease, Jesus healed the leopards. Jesus would cast out the unclean demonic spirits from children and from men and from women. We see that all through scripture. And man, I had a time with the staff this week in our staff meeting and just kind of unpack that just for a minute. We looked at why is it that even in Jesus' day you see over and over and over where, where people were just possessed by unclean spirits. And you, it just kind of looked like it was kind of common. Mary Magdalene, seven spirits, and, and Jesus released her, and then she was sold out and followed hard after Jesus and just supported him financially. And you see it. People would bring their son or their daughter that had an unclean spirit, and the spirit was evil and would just talk weird and would throw them on the ground and cause them to converse. You see the, the demonic spirit that entered in that, that was called Legion because there was thousands of them. And in the man who was, was stripped naked and had no clothes on and lived in the tombs, and would they try to bound him, and he would break all the chains, and he overcame and like. Like this is just real, true, evil stuff from demonic possession. And I believe this. You know, when you travel overseas, you go into the depths of different places that truly have a very deep, dark, spiritual darkness. You see those who are possessed by demons. You see true, deep, dark, spiritual oppression from places that don't have light. Well, we haven't seen that too much here in America because America was founded on light, was founded on the truth of God's word. But I'm, 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 I'm this is a caution, man. This is a true yellow flag. Church America is not carrying that light as much as it once did. God's in control. I get that. I love that. But when you talk about demonic oppression, where it seemed like it was so prevalent in Scripture. And it's so prevalent overseas when they are practicing witchcraft, when they are going into voodoo, when they are doing different all kinds of wicked things and all kind of evil things, where well, there's a very dark presence, and you open the door for demonic uh, true possession. I believe this, I, I'm one who does not believe. That if you truly born again, filled with his spirit, that there's any room to be possessed by a demonic spirit. I think where light is darkness cannot be. Please hear me. I, I believe that if you open the door to demonic oppression, that, that oppression can come. But to be possessed, like you see in scripture, to a born again believer who is now spirit filled, filled with the Holy Spirit, I don't believe there's room. For the enemy in that same space of the spirit. But I only say that to caution us as America, as the, and I mean this, as the darker America gets with all of this crazy that's happening, you will begin to see much more demonic activity you will begin to see much more demonic possession in people. Like, this is all spiritual, church. All of the crazy of the same-sex everything, all of the crazy of the transgender, it's all spiritual. It's truly demonic. It's a push from the enemy, and it's darkening America. And you're going to see a lot of demonic oppression that's beginning to take place, even possession. Well, we didn't deal with that so much. You saw it in stupid Hollywood movies, but you didn't truly deal with it. You're going to start seeing that. And we need to be ready for that. Don't put your head in the sand here. So when you see just the authority and the power that Jesus carried, we looked at his power and his authority over the oceans and over the seas and over, over, you know, telling the winds to stop. When you start seeing Jesus' authority over sickness and disease, and you see that the same spirit that reigns within us, this is where this is our position here at Believers Chapel. I think that you can truly be healed in three different ways. I truly believe in the miraculous immediate healing. I believe as if we lay hands on you and we pray over you, I believe it doesn't even have to be in that sense. We do have anointing oil here. We love to pray at seek. We clear out spaces. We pray every Sunday after church. If you need prayer for any reason, we'd love to pray over you. We do believe on the laying on of hands. We do believe in anointing of oil. I believe that as you pray, even over your own children, that you're anointing them with oil and you're praying. I believe that God in the immediate, can do a miracle. I believe that, and we pray for that, and we, we put our I trust God on that. I also believe that the second way to be healed is, is even through, through doctor's care. Right? I'm not giving a stamp of approval on modern medicine. I'm not giving a stamp of approval on any type of modern things that are happening. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying, listen, when I had my skiing accident and I was found in a hospital where my leg was shattered literally in pieces, I tell you, I am forever grateful for medicine where a doctor knew exactly what to do, that, that my uh, that blood vessel wasn't severed to bleed out. I am excited that he was able to put all of my pieces Back together again. I feel like Humpty Dumpty, right? I am so I am like I am truly forever thankful for modern medicine. I'm thankful for doctors' care. Right? I believe that if you have a tragedy of an accident and you and something I believe that the doctors can put your hips and your ankles and your legs and things back in joint. I'm excited they know how to stop bleeding so you don't bleed out. Like truly, like. The reality is, is when I was in that hospital and when I was in that helicopter, it was coming off of a seek. It was March 17th. It was uh, Irish Day or whatever it was, and we just were skiing, and having a blast. And next thing you know, I find myself in a helicopter. And and my mind went to seek. We had seek that first Sunday of March. Said God, you know all about this. God, I trust you. So like, it's not any type of hit on on medical procedure. I'm a big fan of our doctors. I'm a big fan of our nurses. I'm a big fan that they know how to to open me up in such a way. I've got all these marks down my leg where he said, listen, you got to understand what happened. Like I had to have my nursing staff and my residents come in and they had to put all of your pieces like a puzzle while I hammered this titanium rod down your leg. So then, you know, I was kind of hoping it would make me faster. I'm like, all right, I'm like the bionic man now. Like, let's go, doc. Like, put some springs in there. Like, do something that'll make me faster. That would be amazing. I don't think that worked because I'm not faster. But, like, you know, you you hear what I'm saying? I do believe that God miraculously in the moment immediately can heal because you see it in Scripture. We're called to pray for that. I'm a big fan of our, our doctors and our nurses that can put pieces back together. I'm a big fan of those who would have a heart attack, that there's a doctor and nurse that knows what to do to bring you back. I'm a fan of that. I believe that came from the hand of God, that we are grateful for that. And I believe the third way that God heals is truly by just simply going home. Church, there's times that when you understand we believe in healing, and sometimes that just means it's time to go home. See, the first Extreme is that, that, that extreme that would say, listen, they died because you didn't have enough faith. You didn't pray that effective prayer that is filled with faith. There, there's something in me that boils when I hear that. The person says that didn't do the funeral of a three-year-old. The person saying that doesn't walk through the parents that have lost deep loved ones due to a sickness that have prayed, that have fasted, that have believed, that are strong in their faith. Like stuff like that, I'm like, you just need to shut up. Why are you saying that? Like, oh, no, it's it's just because of a lack of faith that they weren't healed. No, it's not. Because I know people who stood firm on faith. I know people have done funerals of little ones, little children that have lost their lives to sickness, and the parents have fasted, and they have prayed, and they have believed, and they still walk in faith today. So with stuff like that, I'm just like, ah, that bothers me, because then it brings an anger, and then it brings, and why didn't God, if he's supposed to, why didn't he? And there's so many times that we just, as, as, as a pastor and as one who sits, and we have a great pastoral here, who just simply sit by, by someone who says, I just don't know. Why did this happen? I don't know. But what happens when those who have great faith, that in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of fasting, in the midst of praying, in the midst of believing, it didn't go the way that we thought it was going to go. I have seen those who have the greatest faith. People that I love. Where their faith is that umbrella that says, I don't know, but this is what I know. But as for me, I will trust in you, oh God. They put their trust, they have prayed for healing. They have believed for healing. But the healing took place. the third way, which was just to go home and to be completely and totally and perfectly healed. And and it's amazing to see those of faith to just put the umbrella to say, I trust God. My faith is intact. I trust him. I'm broken, but I trust him. I'm hurting, but I trust him. but then in that you'll hear I've never felt closer to God because when I draw near to him he will draw near to me what is it to say God I trust you when it doesn't go my way God I trust you church please don't buy into false gospel presentation and says, hey, you didn't get it because you lacked faith. Please turn that off. That will just breed bitterness. That will breed discontentment. That will breed... That, that will, that, that's just simply the blame game. That's, the, that's the, the whole thing from the garden coming back, going, well, if I'm going to blame anybody, I, just, I, I guess I'm to blame that this happened. Are you kidding me? That doesn't, that sounds like shame. That sounds like condemnation just being built up and being built up instead of, I don't know why, but I trust God. And I've never felt closer, even in the midst of tragedy. See, we do believe that God can heal. And we do pray over and lay hands on people. And we believe that God can do miracles. I believe in the word immediate. And you read the gospels, you see immediately and immediately and, immediately and immediately and immediately and immediately and immediately and immediately. That means in the instant. That means now. That means it happened. Healed. Grateful for doctors and nurses. And then there's the ultimate healing. Which is perfectly healed at going home. So what happens when you keep a a, a good balance here in James 5? Because it's been used to exaggerate healing. It's been used to bring a false side to healing. What happens when you keep it in a true balance? That you can just come back to just the simplicity of, no, but I trust God. Yeah, but you prayed. Yeah, but you did this. But as for me, I will trust God. Yeah, but what about? Yeah, but as for me, I will trust in you, oh God. For I say that you are my Lord. No, but as for me, but as for me, I trust in you. Church, what happens even in today when there is this beautiful shift that would take place in you? So, what happens when it's true, real faith? And you got to understand, man, what was James? What's the title of this whole series? Faith on Display. Faith on Display. What happens when your faith is on display in every circumstance that your faith has risen to the top to say, but as for me, I trust him. Yeah, but you just lost. But as for me, I trust him. Yeah, but this was the, Yeah, but you prayed and you No, but as for me, I trust God. Why did it happen that way? I don't know. But I trust him. walk in this beautiful truly deep relationship with the Lord and when you see this it it goes further even to a a spiritual healing it talks about the physical healing and it talks about a spiritual healing and and, and, you know when when you see this There's a caution here I want I want to give you when you read through this James. It just says this in verse 16: Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective prayer of the righteous can accomplish much. And it says in verse in verse 13: For if anyone is suffering, then let him must pray. If one is cheerful, he must sing praises. So there is this. This suffering that has caused, whether our soul is, is suffering, whether it is because of sin, we have to have a, re, a reality check on sin. It does cause corrosion. Sin causes corrosion. Sin will affect your soul. Sin will affect your spirit. And, and next week, we're going to continue on on what it means to really pray, we're going to get into some biblical prayers. But if you if you realize I'm just willingly sinful and I'm just going to keep sinning, and you're trying to pray, God says I don't hear your prayer when you're willingly just sinning and there's no caution to any sin in your life. Number one, I would say, listen, you need to get right with Jesus first. You need to be saved. But when you realize this is to the church. And he's like, listen, confess your sin to one another. Please, here's the yellow flag, right? Here's the caution. Like, you better be careful on who you're confessing your sin to. This isn't, this isn't the church that has the priests that say, listen, you got to go in this little booth and confess all your sins to this. Like, that's not Bible. That's not biblical. There's no mediator between Christ and I. Like, it's me and Christ. And this this isn't this isn't the, the sin prayer line, right, that we have every Sunday. It's like, all right, let's go. Hey, sister so-and-so, what was your sin this week? And we come before the whole congregation and just spill all our beans and puke all over everybody. Okay, great. And you walk off this side, and then the next person comes up, all right, Johnny, what was your sin this week? Well, i am called to confess my sin to one another, so hey, here's where my sin was. Is like that, that's not what this is saying. Could you imagine how horrible that would be? my encouragement and my caution is number one, have somebody, whether it's a husband or a wife, whether it's a dear close friend, and I mean a close friend, keep that circle small in a sense of who you're going to confess your sin to, because it better not be a gossip and they better not share with anybody else. This is the time that you can come before them in accountability. This is a time that you can come before somebody that you dearly, deeply trust and be able to share, I am struggling with this sin. I am dealing with this, and I need help with this. It is my mouth. It is th- this. It is the internet. It is the lies. It is th- this, or it is whatever. And you're just like, I need help with this, and I'm called to get. There is a release in that. There is an accountability in that. There is a, a healing that will take place in that, as the word says. But you better be careful on who you share that with. You better be careful on who you share that with. Don't share it with a gossip. Don't share it with somebody who loves to talk about everybody else. Wrong person. Because eventually they'll talk about you. Be careful. But that can bring healing. That can do something to your soul. That can do something to your spirit. If you're in sin and you're holding to yourself and no one knows, man, it just it, it erodes your spirit until you really take James at his word, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to say, listen, find somebody that you trust and confess your sins to one another. And there is healing in that. There's physical healing and there's spiritual healing. And we're called to pray through them both. We're called to pray through them both. Come on, we'll close. Turn with me, please, quickly to, to Psalm 116 and we'll close here. And we'll pick this up next week. Don't miss next week. I'm excited for next week, our time of worship. We will have communion next week. We'll have communion as a family next Sunday morning. And we'll take up our our time in communion. And We'll continue in our time of prayer. And we'll look at some different prayers in the Bible. But this is what Psalm 116 says. We'll close with this, just a couple more minutes. Psalm 116 verse 1 and says this. says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my supplication. There's prayer and then there's supplication. There's praying and then there's grinding. And I think we all know what it means to grind in our time of prayer. There is, there is the praying, the seeking, the asking. And then there's, there's prayer out of pain. That's just seasonal right please hear me when you understand supplication that's praying out of pain that's when you're in the grind that's when you're going through it that's when you're in the season so there, there's praying and then there's grinding there's praying and then there's praying through a painful situation a painful season That's what supplication is. And this is what he says. He says, I love you, Lord, because you hear my voice and my supplications. Because, watch this, he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I shall call upon him as long as I live. Just the first two verses. It's this amazing picture that this psalmist is saying, listen, I love you, God. I love you, Lord, because this is what I know. You are all-powerful and all-knowing and everywhere all at once. You are the one who spoke the stars into being. You are the creator of all things. And when I pray and I'm going through the grind and I'm in my pain, you hear me. You incline your ear, you know what that means? That means the God of all power, the God of all creation takes an interest to what you have to say. Church, if you get that, that's amazing. If you understand that, what's holding us back? to praying? What's holding us back to going in deeper in our prayer? What's holding us back to turning off your phones and turning off your social media so that you can spend that time in prayer. Spend that time on your face. Spend that time in the morning. Spend that time in the evening. Whatever time works for you that you would get someone sixteen say the creator of the heaven and the earth wants to hear what I have to say. Even though he already knows what I'm going to say. He already knows what you're going to say. But he wants to hear from you. That's where he's at. And maybe you're like, ah, he must have been in just an easy season. No, supplication says, no, he was in the grind. Supplication says, no, I'm praying through my pain. Because this is what it says. This is where he was. Verse 3, the cords of death encompassed me. The terrors of Sheol, that's that dark, that's that, that place of the abyss. That dark place is another word for hell. Came upon me and found distress and sorrow. Like, he's in it. He's there. He's struggling. He's in pain. He feels like all hell is coming down on him. He's in a place of sorrow. He's in a place of pain. And then he just simply says, I love you. Because even in this place of pain, even when I prayed and it didn't go the way I thought, I feel like hell's all coming down on me. I love you. Because I know You hear me. Because I know you are interested in what I say. How great is our God? Church, how great is our God? That it can hear the millions and millions and billions of people across this earth now at the same time begin to cry out to him and he leans in and he hears everyone. That is just the greatness and the power of Almighty God. And this is where the psalmist is. And he says this, verse four, then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, I beseech you to save my life. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yes, our God is compassionate the Lord preserves the simple was brought low and he saved me. I love this return. I love this. Here it is. Return to your rest, oh my soul. Return to your rest, oh my soul. There's times that we have to have this shift that we've got, and this was my prayer for this week, is that we would understand what it means to return the restorer of my soul. That God, if I have lost my joy in the midst of the crazy, in the midst of the season, God, that you would return joy to my soul. You return peace to my soul. God, I would walk in this beautiful place to be content. God, I would say, but as for me, I will trust in you, O Lord, for you are my God. But as for me, I will will see my faith rise up as an umbrella. No matter what I'm going through, through, no matter where I've been, no matter if I'm in the grind, whether I'm in my supplication, whether I'm praying through my pain, that I will surface level what it means to say, God, I will trust you. And God, restore joy to my soul. Restore peace to my soul. God, I'm trusting in you. God, you're hearing me. God, you're leading in. And I'm amazed by that. And this is the deal. I love you, oh Lord. I'm going through it, but God, I haven't lost sight. I love you, oh Lord. I know that you hear me. Church, what is it when we lean into this? Come on, how's your prayer life? Anything like this? Are we just too busy? No, that's great. Did you pray today? Yep. Had great bowl of Cheerios. It was amazing. Yep, oh wait, wow, did you see? Well, you think these aren't a distraction? I'm not saying throw them away. I look at stuff and laugh a lot. There's a lot of funny stuff. I'm like, that's good. That's funny. But it's not a priority. How's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? It says this, for you have rescued my soul from death my eyes from tears and my feet from stumbling, and I will walk before you in the land of the living. Verse 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? No, God, you are good. What happens, church, when you say, God, I trust you? We close with this. God, I trust you. I've prayed, and I have believed, and I have trusted, and I have fasted, and it didn't go the way I had thought. But God, I trust you. What is it if you're in the middle of where the psalmist is, and he says, God, you are good. God, you are good. God, I'm struggling, but I know that you are good. God, I am broken, but I know that you are good. God it didn't go my way but I know that you are good and God I trust you but as for me I trust you but as for me I trust you God you are good I love you Lord because I know you've hurt me and God I trust you come if we can stand on our feet please we'll finish this next week church where are you in this? well, how's your prayer life? Well, Sean, I don't really know how to pray. (laughs) It's you having a conversation with your creator. It's you having a conversation of your joys and of your sorrows. It's you having a conversation, truth. Like next week, I'll give you some ammunition for that. Next week, I'll give you what it means to pray certain things within the word of God. If you're going to pray and don't know what to pray, pray the word. See it in scripture, pray the word. I don't know if we talk about prayer enough. We talk about it often. But I don't know if we really talk about it enough. It's a daily activity before the creator of the heavens and the earth that he leans in and is interested in what you say, even though he already knows what you're going to say. He knows what you're going to ask before you ask. It's beautiful. Come on, try it, man. Put away your phone in the mornings and just get before the Lord. If you're tempted to get back out, just get on your knees, turn it off and put it away. Put it away at night and get on, get on your knees before the Lord. How's your prayer life? Faith on display. That's James. Faith on display. Come on, Father, we love you. We thank you. God, I pray that there is just a truth of your wording, the seed that would come into our spirit today that would just begin to bear fruit. God, I pray that we would be those who are prayer warriors and not prayer wimps. God, we would be known as a prayer warrior and not a prayer wimp. We come before you with boldness we enter into your presence with a boldness, with an authority. Lord, we do believe that you can do a miracle even here today. We believe in the immediate. So Lord, I ask that you would move powerfully in these services, God, to see your hand mightily work. Anyone needs prayer? Today, God, I pray as we pray over people today that there is a beautiful work done in their hearts and in their spirits bless us as we go this week in jesus name if anyone needs prayer for any reason man we'd love to pray for you today come on god bless we will see you sunday again come on so good